0: Hey everyone, how's everybody doing? Uh we're shorthanded tonight. Jeff is not uh, on the call with us, but we do have a special guest. Uh today we have with us Alexis Pena.
1: You got it, man. Most people mispronounce my last name, but I appreciate you saying it correctly.
0: Nice. Yeah.
2: I and would then, feel bad uh,
1: is,
0: I would feel ahead. bad
2: when I say it correctly by accident.
1: He does. He goes out of his way to say it wrong at work all the time. So how does
0: he how does he say it wrong? What does he say? Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. Enough said. Uh, of course, we have Jared on tonight with us. So,
2: right. so this this is my uh, friend and coworker Alexis. He is a fairly new production shooter who's gotten quite good quite quickly. Um, and from there, Alexis, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, Getting into competitive shooting and, and maybe some things you've done in the past that uh, I think helped you in competitive shooting.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so I've been shooting USPSA. Technically, this was my third season, but really it's my second full season. My first year shooting, uh, shooting competitively. I didn't even shoot enough matches to get classified. Um, but uh, growing up, I'm from Miami, Florida, as, as you can imagine. I played baseball, (laughs) being from Miami, (laughs) Florida and being Hispanic, Um, played baseball almost my entire life, Uh, moved to the Midwest to continue playing baseball Uh, once. So when I moved to Quincy, Illinois, uh, played baseball at John Wood for a couple of years, then I signed with Quincy University, played with them for a couple of years due to unfortunate injuries and surgeries to my shoulder and my elbow. Baseball was kind of not in the cards for me just cuz my body was kind of falling apart on uh because of that but uh once baseball ended I kind of got into shooting a little bit and by shooting I mean I was like shooting a little bit of trap and then hunting was kind of interesting uh guns were one of those things where it looked cool so I wanted to shoot them and then uh but and I was doing some of that while I was playing baseball but once baseball was over I kind of Man, I was really bummed out for a while. I didn't know what was missing. Uh, Turns out I was missing just competition in general I'd had it my entire life playing sports. And uh, so for a while there, I kind of turned to video games and I was playing video games like Super it for a bit and it just wasn't the same. And eventually, like I saw videos of guys shooting USPSA. I'm like, that looks really cool. I want to do that. So so I did. So once I... uh, once I moved to Columbia, which was about four years ago, is when I kind of started getting into or getting interested in it. I was one of those guys where I was like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough to go shoot yet. Uh,
0: That's had Columbia, produce. Missouri, though, right?
1: Yeah, sorry. Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. Not, not the country. Right. Uh, not Bogota, <laughs> Columbia. Right. Um, and then so about three years ago, uh, some of the guys at work talked me into going to my first match. I went and I shot the match. And I had a great time. I was terrible, but I had a great time. And uh, from pretty much from that point, I knew I wanted to to do this. It was a way for me to compete. I kind of liked that it was – I played team sports my entire life. I really liked that it was not a team sport. It was something where, you know, I was new. I didn't have any experience. My results were my own. I wasn't affecting anybody else. And, uh, you know, pretty much it's one of those things where what I get out of it is what I put in. So I was like, this is pretty cool. So I've stuck with it, just finished my third year of shooting, and probably going to be doing this for
0: a long time. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. Okay, so real quick, are y'all hearing that noise? (laughs) Yes. Or is that only in my ears? I'm hearing it. Okay. I don't don't hear anything. Okay, on this podcast, we interrupt for anything and everything. So Um, I got a question. So when you went out to your first match, having played baseball at a – higher level than most people. Um, Were you nervous at all your first match? Did the nerves get to you? Yes. So
1: I am the kind of person. So I was never really great at any one thing, but I'm the kind of person who's pretty good at a lot of things. So going out to a new match, doing something new that I had never done before, like I wanted to do really well. And obviously that wasn't the case. And it's just kind of pressure that I put on myself Um, when I was playing baseball, it was kind of different. Uh, it's one of those where, you know, I get the pregame nerves, but once the game starts, it all just kind of was background noise, but being that it was something new and I was talking to a bunch of my buddies and, you know, still kind of learning. Uh, I wasn't able to shake the nerves. So I I was pretty nervous my first time around, you know, not running very fast. Uh, wanted to make sure I hit everything. Hands were really shaky at the make ready. And
0: right. Yeah. So, so that adrenaline, overrun over um overdose essentially was 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 there yes that's what i call it or whatever you know Mm -hmm. but that makes sense because at a baseball game uh when i played football um you know you're kind of nervous but then you just kind of get into it and you just settle down there's more going on than just what you're doing but coming into this it is all about only about you wants to make ready you know and everybody's watching you and you don't want to look stupid or look dumb or make a mistake or be unsafe or get hurt. So.
1: Yeah, and it was one of those things where like it didn't take very long for me to kind of get over that a little bit. You know, once you know, if I when I went to my first big match, I was a little nervous, and then every now and again I'll still get like pretty nervous. But when I was playing baseball, I was a I was a starting pitcher. So when the game's getting ready to start, any point during the game, if I'm pitching, I'm out in the middle of the baseball field. I'm facing the crowd. The crowd is looking at me because I'm involved in every single play. And uh, I've gotten to the point where I can, I can tone that stuff out like I used to when I was playing baseball. It's just one of those where once you get in the zone, it just kind of happens. And I don't know if that's yeah. through experience or personality, but, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's cool. So what's, what skills from, from your uh, baseball time do you think translated most into shooting, if any?
1: Yeah, so skills – um, definitely having an athletic background plays a role. My movement is not terrible. And a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, just from playing baseball. Uh, I think the biggest attribute to shooting, uh, was, I don't know if you'd call it a skill. It would just be, I'm used to, uh, being disciplined. So going out and practicing or getting my dry fire in getting my live fire in uh doing all that that stuff is not a problem it's just one of those things that it just it's part of of the job if you will it's you know we all know guys that don't practice at all only shoot matches generally don't do very well don't get good and yeah, i know if i wanted to get good and make up for lost time uh you know being structured with my training and staying disciplined and training even when i don't want to train was very important. But my athleticism definitely helps a little bit in terms of movement. But I think the biggest, uh, biggest attribute I took away from playing sports my entire life was being able to stay disciplined and doing the things that I have to do even when I don't want to.
0: Cool. So would you say that? Um, okay, let me ask you another question. Uh, before you started shooting USPSA, you said you went, uh, uh, excuse me, hunting a little bit. Yeah. Okay, um, but I'm assuming... Okay, I don't know what that is. Sorry uh, to the listeners. We're trying to... We don't know what's going on.
1: <laughs> so do you guys not get that often? So is that something on my end, maybe?
0: Something I've never heard before with our, our podcast.
1: I can try... I'm um, my mic if that... Well, no, that'll probably give you some feedback on your end. Anyway, well, we'll try and hopefully it'll, it'll hold up.
0: Yeah, we'll see. So were you shooting rifles? Yeah,
1: so... Um, when I, my very first hunt was a bird hunt. I dove hunted. Um, and after my dove hunt, I did a little, I turkey hunted one or two times. Um, I went pheasant hunting one time and I've duck hunted a a couple of times. But as far as rifles goes, I, I deer hunted for like, I've been deer hunting like three years before I even, I, I was deer hunting before I even went to before I started USPSA, but it was one of those things where it was on a tiny piece of property uh, up in Northeast Missouri. I hunted for three years before I even saw anything I could shoot at.
0: Oh, wow. That's so boring. that's hard uh, too, man, to do that. Um, dude,
1: yeah. I, I know you guys can't see me. I'm a skinny dude, so I don't do very well in the winters. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of really, really cold days of not seeing anything and yeah. being that miserable. That takes dedication
0: for, to come back to for year after year.
1: It's one of those things where I went out and I didn't see anything. I'm like, I'm going to get them next time. And then I always right. thought it was something that I was doing, which it, I guess it could have been. And then the second year didn't happen. I'm like, I'm going to shoot a freaking deer. Like, I want to see yeah. one and I want to shoot one. So I was, I'd pretty much come in just to eat and go back out. I'd hunt long days. And I don't know if that's just where I was at or something I was doing on my end, but uh, Right. But yeah, but I shot a little bit of rifles, nothing, nothing crazy. i never, but shot you didn't, mine.
0: you hadn't, you didn't have any experience with handguns before you started shooting USPSA.
1: Oh no, no, no. Got okay. it. Okay.
0: So would you say that, um, you, you're being athletic from baseball and being able to move in baseball and being, um, nimble or whatever you want to say, it helped. Cause all you had to do was pretty much learn the gun part. You knew how to move. Where I see a right. lot of people that it's hard to do gun and move, you know, and knowing one of those already coming into the sport is putting you ahead of the uh, the game because we've talked about previously with Jeff and Jared and I that is uh, natural talent a real thing. And so people we see and, Je- and Jared and I think no Jeff thinks it is, but he thinks wrong. yeah, he thinks wrong. but. What I, my theory is is you have someone that was that learned something like baseball or football or basketball or anything like that. That got them active and um got them good at doing the moving stuff, you know, moving efficiently for whatever the sport required. And then when they came into shooting, they were good at that. So it looks like they were good at this it was natural when it wasn't so, natural. It, yeah. It, it, there's something else I think
2: real quick. So Alexis got very good, very quickly. And uh, I mean, I think he, uh, doesn't shoot a ton like, like some of us do like as far as round count. And I think part of that was, is he's experienced high level coaching and not just high level coaching, but teaching himself based off of reviewing his video and his, what he's doing. And I think that plays a large role. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah. So. uh, It's, I've known people that have played at the same level of baseball as I have, and they weren't quite as analytical as I got to be. And part of that was, you know, I've, I've had – I've been very fortunate in that I've played with a lot of – I've played for a lot of really good coaches. And one of the last coaches that I played for was real big into uh, analyzing video. So I was already very comfortable and familiar with going through videos and breaking things down and looking – uh. Noticing things that were inefficient. So my my background when if for schooling is I was an exercise science major, and uh, I was and the thing that I was really wanting to go into was human performance development. So that was kind of like my niche. So I had taken classes like uh, you know exercise physiology and uh, you know studying biomechanics, things like that. And some of that stuff did help in terms of like so I could see my my video maybe not necessarily the shooting part, but within the moving stuff, I can see where I was wasting time or being inefficient. And, uh, I at least had some experience with breaking things down. Um, and that, that definitely helped because I could go online. I could see what some people were doing. Then I can watch my videos. I can break it down. I'd be like, this, it looks nothing like what they're doing or I'm wasting a bunch of time doing this. And, uh, and I do want to backtrack a little bit to what you were talking about when, uh, at the beginning of this question about natural talent. So whether natural talent is a thing or not, I don't know. I don't think it is. Uh, When I was playing, when I was still playing uh, baseball, I was one of those guys who my work ethic was never questioned ever. I always busted my, but I was, for the most part, I was pretty good at, you know, all the way up through when I finished. But, and, that wasn't because I was naturally talented. I I worked my butt off. I man, work. I can I, dude, I can count in in one hand the guys that maybe busted their butt as much as I did. I, I was always a very hard worker when it came to that to that kind of stuff. So no, mm-hmm. I don't think natural talent has anything to do with it. With where how I got uh, to where I'm at now in a short amount of time, it, it's just all hard work, man.
0: Right. So you said you know you made a comment that uh, you. You got up and would practice when you didn't want to, and uh, anyone that's played a team sport knows. Um, regardless of how the high the level is, I mean, you, you got to go to practice even when you don't feel good. Um, yeah, it's and a lot not of people don't. You. Exactly, and um, a lot of people don't do that. And I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm fairly bad about it. If I don't feel like practicing, I don't practice. So, you know, and there's times where I know that um, guys at the, the top level in this sport they do. I mean, I don't know that, but um, I can't imagine the guys at the top level at this sport. We're talking about Max, Ben, J.J., Christian. I don't know. There's other guys. I don't always want to name them guys, but it's so easy to think of Max or, or J.J. Let's just talk about J.J. Um, I, I can't imagine. Now, when you get to that level, those guys may be able to take a day off if they're sick, too, and it's not going to hurt them, right, because they've gotten to that level. Right. But, man, I still find it hard to believe that anyone at any the top of anything – probably still doesn't practice when they don't feel like it. And they probably even gotten to the point to where, like, it's not even a question. You're just going to practice. You just happen not to feel good that day, right? Right. Just, I mean, yeah.
1: that's, that's, that's how it kind of has to be. I mean, you'll have your, your, your weirdos every now and again, like, like Ben. I know Ben loves to practice, and he loves the entire process of practice, which is excellent It is <laughs> for him. Uh, I'm not like that, and I can't imagine that everybody else is like that either uh yeah. for example, leading up to Nationals, I mean, and I'm just using that as an example because it is the most important match in, in our sport, you know, aside from like a world shoot or something. But, you know, if Nationals is coming up and you don't feel like practicing, I mean, if you're going to Nationals, you're pretty much going to say, well, oh, I got to practice. But to be able to do that all the time is, is kind of tough. And I, I will say a little caveat. like, So if I don't feel like practicing, I'll still practice, but I may change what I practice. So if I don't feel like <laughs> practicing, I'll pick something that I think is kind of fun or something that I'd like to do. To so I up. still practice and still get some reps in, but it may not always be, you know, the stuff that needs the, the most work.
0: It, right.
1: it, it, it just depends. I know that also has to do with me not wanting to get burnt out on stuff either, you know. I'm right. still fairly new to the sport. I'm still trying to figure out the timing of my season and when to take breaks and not to take breaks. So I figured for right now, if I don't feel like practicing, I'll still practice may not be what has to get done but practice is practice
0: practice man we talking about practice (laughs) (laughs) i know it's important i do um yeah that's cool man um are you going to so you're going to production nationals
1: not this year it was did you shoot Uh, shoot high cap i wish i could have shot high cap i was just there for work i didn't get i didn't. i wasn't lucky enough to shoot it but uh uh maybe in the future yeah
2: tell them why you're not shooting the match i think that's important
1: so the reason why i'm not shooting the match this year was because so i got married this year and the 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 wedding sucked up a lot of our money uh lacy my wife and i we we didn't want to go into in a debt for our wedding so we cash flowed everything so money was extremely tight so i couldn't afford to go to nationals so i knew that was out of the cards way early and so what i ended up doing was i ended up just booking my honeymoon the same week as nationals and people think that i'm not shooting nationals because i have my honeymoon instead when really i knew i could not afford to go to nationals so i just made my honeymoon the same nationals will so, be cheaper than your honeymoon but also i mean with where i work this sport
0: will be cheaper than your marriage too i don't know actually <laughs> well, i've with, never been married with, so with, well. with where his,
1: i work his now wife, I could, his wife is a very nice lady Thank you. Yeah. With where I'm at now, like work wise, I would have probably been able to attend to either work it and maybe even talk them into letting me shoot it. But this was all done before I even before before I got the the job that I have now. You know, I was still living in Columbia then Columbia, Missouri and working for midway. And so it just and all this stuff has to get booked out way in advance. But I mean, if I could do it over again for the beginning of the year, would I make some changes? Yeah. But hindsight is always (laughs) 2020.
2: Well, I but, wish you were shooting it. I think yeah. you would do very well. You've gotten very
1: good this year. Thank you. I wish I was shooting it too.
0: So you're, you're a production shooter? Yep. You're, what's your classification?
1: Uh, I'm a master. Nice.
0: Okay. Cool. So um, real quick, what would you say a practice schedule for you is like? Give me a, give me a typical week um, for what you do. So a typical, Break it down however typical- you want. But-
1: yeah, so I'll give you kind of what my, my typical schedule is. Uh, you know, I'm not prepping for a major, just kind of just regular training cycle. Uh, dry fire every day when I get home from work. So Monday through Friday, the only exception to that would be Tuesday nights. We shoot a Tuesday night match indoors. Uh, Jared and I both shoot that match. I pretty much always make it unless something crazy happens. But I'll dry fire Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, when I get home from work, Tuesday night, I have the indoor match. And then Friday mornings, I get up really early and I go to the range and do my live fire training if I'm shooting once that week. Uh, if I'm shooting live ammo once that week for for training, uh, I get up at about, I don't know, somewhere between 4.45 and 5 a.m. Uh, wow. pack, well, yeah, and I get all my bags and stuff packed or prepped the night before. I'll load magazines the night before. I've got quite a few mags so i mean i can get through most of my practice with the mags that i have loaded when i take with me so i'll uh i'll get up early leave my house by 5:30, get to the range shoot get cleaned up real quick and then uh head to work i uh, start work at 8 30 so there's no one there friday morning and it, it schedule wise it just works out better for me because if we have a, a match on saturday or something uh you know i'll shoot that and i can still get my training i don't consider tuesday night training it's more like jared said it's more of a social event I, I end up shooting terribly on those because I just want to push and beat certain people. But, uh, but, yeah, dry fire at least four days a week. I'm usually doing something on the weekends, dry fire wise, uh, even if it's five, ten minutes. Uh, shoot a Tuesday night match, uh, shoot live Friday mornings, and then shoot a match on Saturday if there's one nearby.
0: So with all the dry fire each week, adding up each day, how much total would you say you have per week?
1: Uh, time wise?
0: Yeah. Like are you doing thirty minutes a day or an hour a day? Or does it does it vary?
1: It it, it varies. It yeah. could be anywhere from twenty minutes to to an hour. Yeah. And usually the hour long sessions are the ones where it's either really good or really bad. Either something is yeah. clicking and I'm trying to take advantage of how well it's going or I'm getting super frustrated and I wanna I have to nail something, even though I should probably stop or change what i'm doing right but on average it's about 30 minutes or so
0: cool how many um matches are you looking have you started planning i should ask that first have you started planning for next year majors
1: yes so next year the matches that i'm looking at is uh free state the the kansas state match uh fall classic which would be the Missouri State match, which is my my home state uh, area three because it's local. Uh, Great Plains section nationals and Ozark Classic because it's nearby and maybe uh, Great Plains section as well, or sorry uh, Oklahoma section as well, just depending on on uh, where it's at if I. I think it's going to be a fun match to go to. Or if it just makes sense for me, I don't know that I want to shoot
0: two matches in two different states back-to-back, but we'll see how it works out. It was fun. Well, it's not yeah. going to be in Tulsa next year. so
2: No, it'll be Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I have kind of in the cards. Next year, I'm definitely going to make Nationals uh, a priority to go. Uh, always going to shoot my state match and the Kansas or the free state championship because the free state championship is closer than my state match actually. And then I would like to shoot area three because it's close and it's an area match. So, I mean, I've heard about how the, the flavor, I've heard about what the flavor of the match is, uh, which is okay. I, I'm more interested in shooting against the level of competition that an area match brings.
0: Cool. Yeah. Jerry, if you got any questions, jump in. I hate to keep asking yeah, them, but I keep thinking of them. Like stuff I, I, never asked. Well, I I know Alexis pretty well. You were just trying to roll. So, um,
2: Alexis, so uh, typical live fire practice for you. What's that? <laughs> what's that look like? How many drills? Uh, how many rounds? That type of thing.
1: So it'll typically be about two drills. Uh, if sometimes one, depending on what it is, uh, but typically two different drills round count will be 250 to 350 on average it's it's about 300 to 250 most of the time um uh i've i've done higher if i'm prepping for a major match but that's not the bulk of my training so i don't really count that um uh, so i will pick something from my last couple of matches that i don't think i've been doing very well and i'll i'll do drills that revolve around that Uh, if I do a single drill, it'll be something that will work on the same, the same thing. It'll just be, you know, whatever targets I throw up, I'll just run it a few different ways. Um, so if I'm working on movement stuff, it'll be the same things of movement that I want to work. But if I've got three different shooting positions, I'll start in the left, work my way to the right, start in the middle, go left, right, start in the right, go left. I mean, switch it up that way, but typically it's going to be one or two things that I pick. Uh, toward the end of my season, I was really starting to always start with practical accuracy. My trigger control has been my biggest issue this year. I, I dropped too many points. My times are okay, but I dropped too many points. So starting with practical accuracy usually uh, kind of helps me feel what my trigger control needs to be like, and uh, that generally pays up, pays off pretty well for me. Uh, finishing off whatever other thing I want to do, because that's not really... Uh, it's not something that I have to think about as hard once I kind of get a feel for how my trigger pulls need to be. But yes, but typically about 300 rounds, a couple of different drills, um, and that's about it. And then usually I'm, I'm rushing to <laughs> haul back to get – haul ass to get to work by 8.30.
0: Would you – so what would you say – so you made master pretty quickly – what, uh, is there anything that you think worked for you that could help someone else that's trying to get to that next level whatever i mean i'm talking you know uh, to the next level whatever their next level may be yeah okay. so someone's trying to get to a b to from b to a class or a to m yeah so
1: one of the things that i've uh that i, I, I that i've Notice that i do is i kind of have an obsessive personality so when i get into something I, I really get into something and as you know as a byproduct of that i i do a lot of research so i'm always looking at information uh looking at people's videos figuring out what they're doing with their training where they're getting their information from that's kind of how i stumbled upon ben's stuff i know ben gets talked about a lot in different podcasts ben steger um <laughs> I found his dry fire books and that's kind of helped me a lot. Uh, so I just going stuff off of his off, off of his book and off of my videos is just kind of the, the biggest thing. I know a lot of shooters who want to get better and say they want to get better but don't ever take any match video. Um, it's it's pretty hard to compare how you're doing. I mean, everyone's taking videos. So if you have your own video that you can use to compare against other people's videos, I mean, that that's very helpful, especially nowadays when... Uh, <laughs> I say nowadays. Ever since I started shooting, we had practice score. I was never around Me, me, too.
0: me too. I was never you around guys, you, practice score. You guys score. were
1: not in the old
0: days. No.
1: No. no. Uh, so I can look at, for example, uh, if Jared's... Sh- I, I I shoot a lot of the same matches that, that Jared shoots locally. If I see how Jared ran a stage, or actually, yeah, let's, let's we'll use Jared. So I see how I can go on practice score. I see Jared's times and his scores on practice score. I compare it to mine and I look at. And then if I have my video to compare it to his video, because he generally posts his videos as well, I can compare that and I can kind of see. Oh wow, I really lost a lot of time on this target or that makeup shot. Cost me a lot. Uh, I know some people have a really good memory and they can kind of replay how their stages went in their heads. I'm not that person. Uh, so have I have to go back to my videos and and kind of analyze those. I can't just play it in my head and be like, oh, yeah, that makeup shot over there cost me or this amount of time or that amount of time. Sometimes I'll get done shooting a stage, and to be honest, I'll be like, oh, I had a makeup shot. I don't remember.
0: Wow. Yeah, so
1: just being able to go back and look at videos and analyze them has been yeah. – the, the, I think the most important thing for me as far as making progress, because since it is an individualized sport uh, – sorry, it, since it's not a team sport and there are no coaches that are with you 24 right. – or the entire time that you're competing, you're, you're pretty much left to fend for yourself. So you need to be able to gather all the information that you can so that when you have time to go over that stuff, you, you yeah. can.
0: I think a lot of people don't do that. Uh, I, did the, I did that a quite a bit. Um, not just with video, and, and currently I don't take video myself. Um, I'll get videos from like somebody that may get one, and, and they'll send it to me. But this year I've not taken very many videos. Um, I'm going to start again. Um, I have a weird reason why I didn't, and um, <laughs> it's just something I didn't want to add any more pressure to myself. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But um, and and what happened was I stopped. I, I, was, I was doing it, and then I stopped doing it for some reason. I don't remember why, and I started shooting really well. And I was like, well, I don't want to change anything up, so I don't want to add anything that's going to get in my mind or be anything like that. But now um, I'm going to start doing it again to get used to that thing. And um, but anyways that's, that was not my point. But I, um, I don't. So when I first started shooting, I would seek out the best shooter at the match and squad with them and watch them. And I would say, okay, I see how they did this, how they came into this position, and they didn't stand up after they got to the position. They were ready coming around the wall, or they did this. And I did it as best I could with what I understood at the time. And as you go on, you shoot more and you get more experience, the understanding goes up, so you can you can process that stuff. But I think a lot of people don't do that. They don't um, they don't take a video of themselves shooting the stage, and then take a video of whoever that won the stage or the the heat. Maybe for that match, and compare them. And um, so a lot of people just go shooting and they don't do the intellectual homework. I'll call it. Sorry, well, I don't know if that's you or me. It's. I wonder if it's me. I wonder. But I I'll try but not. They do don't. It. They don't do the. Uh, it, it. All I can say is that I felt like I put a lot of mental thought process into shooting in the couple years that I've been shooting. And I feel like I thought a lot of stuff through, and so that's stuff that's not um, time spent with the gun in your hand. But I still think it's benefited me, and that's essentially what you're saying. It's yeah. homework to do that require. It's homework that doesn't have the gun in your hand as well. Absolutely, it's practice. It's something that's building your skill, and it may not be even with your gear. You know, it's just the the thinking of it. Like, why did Ben shoot the stage this way? Like on PA, uh, PTSG. He'll post up the video like he posted, I think, yesterday, um, Zone 2 of um, that. Even is, though – go ahead. What is PTSG for us pores that don't have it? Practical – I always say it wrong. It's PSTG. PSTG Practical PSTG training, training, group. training group. So yeah. um, Ben shot Nationals Limited. I shot Nationals um, Carry Optics. So the round count is the same. Scoring's scoring different because he's shooting major and I'm shooting minor, but I still watched it and go, and he would explain, okay, this is on this stage. This is why I ran over here first and shot this target in this array first. And it's good stuff because you're getting someone at that level. Um, you may not do it that way and you may not have liked that, but you at least get their input. And so then you can process that information. Um
1: yeah, um, I've seen so. people
0: shoot certain stages, and you're like, "Why?" And of course, I think my stage planning is not the best. I think that's a weak area of mine right now. But um, but 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 what you to go back to what you said. You did a lot of, uh, what's the word here? Analyzing mm-hmm. every aspect of your game and comparing it to someone who was probably beating you, and then you right. picked up. You picked up. Oh, this is how they got out of that position faster. This is how they got to that position faster. This is how they shot that target order and this is what the benefit was. This is why they beat me by a second and had better hits. They didn't rush the swinger. They went, you know, popper and waited just a second for the swinger versus going popper, paper, paper, popper, popper, popper and then swinger. You know what I mean? Jared mm-hmm. knows what I did on at Arkansas on the last stage. Shot it super aggressively, and
2: uh, no, no, no! You shot it like a retard, and you swung for the bleachers when you were leading the match. But you didn't—you didn't know you were leading the match, so you swung for the bleachers, and you very well could have lost the match had you not been a lot faster than everyone else. Yeah,
0: it worked well, out for me because I shot it so much faster. I'm
2: glad you didn't lose the match, but. I probably would have held that over your head forever had you lost the match after shooting that stage.
0: Yeah. I had a huge – I had a pretty, uh, a pretty big lead, so I didn't know that, but I just basically walked up to the stage and goes, I go, I'm doing it. I'm I going.
2: i I even knew you had a lead. I even knew you were winning the match. Oh, I was keep track of your scores.
1: Okay. Yeah, so uh, be, be, before we get too far into uh, Jared beating up on you here, uh, I wanted to uh, touch on a few things that you kind of brought up that I think is kind of important. Uh, so when you're saying, when, when you're talking about like analyzing, uh, just everything, just pretty much doing all of the stuff that was not touching your gun stuff, like that stuff is still in important, obviously, but I think what some people don't realize is that in its, in a way it's kind of also practice. I mean, you played football, so I know you guys watch video of right. either yourselves or, a. a you know a, a team that you were going to you were going to be playing in a couple of weeks or next week or whatever that stuff is still important it's still practice it's not gun handling but it's still yep. a part of practice yep um another thing too was so I when I take my videos it's not just videos of me shooting matches i take a lot of videos whether it's my practice video at the range or my practice video in dry fire so one thing I really wanted to change this year was not standing up so tall when I get into a new position, um, and I still don't do it the greatest. But it's I thought for a long time I thought I was staying low and doing that well, and then I was not, and it kept popping up on videos, in my, my match videos, and then I started taking videos of myself in dry fight. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. That's so. Videos are important not just for shooting matches, but also in your own practice. That way you can see if you truly are doing this. Because so, unless you're in front of a mirror, it's very hard to tell. Or you stop exactly where you're at and you kind of assess yourself and see where you're at. But I just like taking as much videos as I can. Uh, my phone is generally pretty full. So I end up having to delete videos, old videos and stuff like that to get new video. Uh, but videoing everything that is practice, I think, is important as well. And uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on, which I think is kind of silly, but I tried it for a bit and it kind of worked and I just I felt silly doing it, so I stopped. Uh, you were talking about not wanting to take video because you didn't want to put any more pressure on yourself. So one thing that I kind of played around with for a while was, you know if I had a match coming up or something, I would do like Facebook live videos or Instagram live videos, and I would do that while I was dry firing because you know it's it's Live. one thing yeah it's it's yeah. it's one thing to you know be in the comfort of your own home and you know shooting at or pretending to shoot at cardboard on the walls and stuff like that but i was like man i wonder if if people are watching me cuz i know when i used to try and record myself to drive you know put up a pretty baller run so i can put it up on instagram it, it didn't it wasn't as smooth as the rest of the practice session was and i was like well i wonder what happens if if I go live and then I create this kind of fake pressure, I probably have like two people watching me because nobody knows who I am. But, but I'll like yeah. But in my head, like I would hit record and then I would just practice. And I'm like, there's probably like 30, 40 people watching. Which <laughs> <No, laughs> yeah, complete yeah, no. bullshit. But uh, but you get start to kind of build that pressure, and it's a way to add more pressure into your training. And that might be something I might do a little bit further. Uh, or or next year but it's one of those things where you know you feel like people are watching you so there is more pressure and it's kind of something you can do at home to more or less uh, simulate kind of what what you feel
0: at at a range when people are are, are watching you shoot right so kind of what that does is something that i did I, i was telling myself saturday uh when we shot arkansas section I was looking at the stages and, and I started doing this around stage two in the match. And I, I should have done it. I'm maybe stage three. I should have done it. The very first one, but I said, dude, these, these are easy stages. You, you practice harder stuff than this. You got it. So by putting that extra pressure and making that situation, um, more pressure than it would be, or as matches as, as much as it would be at a match, if not more, um, you're getting used to operating under that. So that's actually a really good idea, maybe doing Facebook Live where people actually are watching. Because you if you're just doing a video, you, you know in the back of your mind, well, if it sucks, I don't have to upload it. <laughs> I, th- I think we are actually to a very good stopping point
2: because we're about 38 minutes in. So when we we cut out the terrible first couple minutes, we'll be at like 35. All
0: right. Uh, due to the technical difficulties of this recording, they had to cut it off a bit short, so uh, that concludes the interview with Alexis Pena, I hope you guys liked it, go check out the Facebook page, and we'll see y'all next time.